Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, creator behind Shared Teaching, and you are listening to episode 104. I can't even believe I'm in the hundreds now, but it's so exciting. And this episode is all about how to streamline your classroom jobs. If you're new around here, I'm all about working smarter, not harder. I'm sure you've heard that a million times over. And it's all about how we can create systems that work for us within our classroom. And not just any old system, but systems that save us time. So today with talking about streamlining jobs, I feel like a lot of mistakes that maybe newer teachers make, and even some of us older ones, and not old in the sense of age, but just that we've been teaching for a while, is that we tend to want to have classroom jobs for everybody, right? Very Oprah style. You get a job, and you get a job, and you get a job. And it becomes a lot to manage, especially with classroom sizes on the rise. How can you possibly keep up with 26 different students all having a different job? And of course, you know, different students are forgetting what their jobs are even. And it just, to me, it just reads chaos from the beginning. So I know we like to have everyone with a job to be fair, but with this system that I like to use, half of your class gets a job each week. So twice a month, they've had two weeks where they've held a job in the classroom. And I think that's more than fair they don't mind waiting and taking turns. And it kind of gives them a little break sometimes to not always have to have a job in the classroom because some students, believe it or not, that stresses them out. So let's try a different way. And I'll explain to you my system if you want to use it. That's amazing. That's great. You can always reach out to me if you have any questions. And if you're still not quite sure, that's okay too. I always recommend just trying something new and try it for a few weeks before you just give it up completely, maybe try two rotations and see if that works better for you or not. So I was one of those people that liked to have a whole class, well, half the class with different jobs. And I just, I gave up on that pretty early on because I realized it's just, you're taking way too much time trying to figure out the job chart, making sure you're fairly assigning jobs, who had this job last week, who had it, you know, a month or two before. Like, it's just really hard to keep that system going, at least for me it was. And maybe you feel that same way. One of my favorite classroom management strategies is to have a table captain. And if you've joined my free Better Teacher Organization Challenge, the BTO, then you might know what I'm talking about because I do discuss that in there. If you're curious and want to learn more, you can go to sharedteaching.com and then you're going to look for the button that says courses and it's in there. It's free 
And it talks a lot about my systems for students versus teachers and how I work through those. And I give you lots of examples of where it works in my own classroom as well as other teachers' classrooms. But anyway, I have table captains. And depending on the size of the class, maybe I have six students at a table and one of the students in that table group is assigned to be table captain for the entire week. And they are given a very special badge to wear so they don't forget what their job is. And then it also helps cut down on any kind of arguing over about who's in charge, right? Who's the table captain? Well, they have a nice little badge they get to wear. So the table captain is responsible for things at their table, right? Makes sense, table captain. So they're in charge of their table. So in this case, it's also a group of desks because I don't usually have tables. And they're the only ones that are allowed to touch and pass out the papers. So I talked about this in a previous episode. I think it was just last week's episode, which is episode 103, where one person goes to the group of tables and passes out. Let's say there's six students there. They pass out six papers. And then they move on to the next table and they pass out another six, ta- six papers or however many people sit at that table group. So the table captain then is the one that touches the papers. Otherwise, you have all the students diving for the papers at once, right? So only the table captain collects and touches that group of papers the paper passer put on the table. And then they divvy out the papers. It sounds kind of silly, but it just takes away from, well, you got to do it last time and I do it. Right, so just it's one set person that touches the things at the table. And especially with second grade and younger, it just eliminates a lot of those arguments. So they are also responsible for keeping the group supplies organized. So if they have table supplies, they count them at the end of the day. They're taking inventory, making sure that they have all the pencils. So there's usually one for each person at the table, plus an extra in case something breaks. They have the erasers, you know, the whiteboard markers, the whiteboard erasers, all those things are in their little caddies and the table captain counts them along with their team's help and makes sure that all the supplies are there for the end of the day, ready to start fresh for the next day. They're also responsible if they need to go collect any books. So I also don't like to keep a lot of things in their desk. It cuts down a lot on the clutter and the missing things and the broken things. So like their reading textbooks might be kept on a shelf and then it's divided by table groups and then the table captain goes and picks out their groups of supplies and again brings it to the table passes it out and then same thing with any kind of like math toolkits if they need any counters for the day they're responsible for going and getting it for their group bringing it back passing it out so alongside the table captains I also have one person assigned for the class to be the teacher's helper And this is just a random collector, right? So this person does all the other odd jobs that I need done that aren't done by the table captain. So usually the teacher helper only has that job for the day. And if they need assistance, they are allowed to pick a friend as long as it's a quick pick. And we talk all about that when we're learning how to do these jobs. So that's how I originally started doing my groups and my classroom jobs after I gave up trying to have everyone have a job and then I moved on to something called team jobs or crew jobs. So this for me made it a lot easier even though table captain and a teacher helper is already pretty easy but I liked the idea of having people work together as a group 
And this was the change I needed to bring about in order to make sure that that was going to happen within my class. And I also wanted to give my students a few more jobs rather than just one table captain doing everything, although they are still an important part of the table groups, especially when it comes to cutting down on that fighting. I wanted to transition to this idea of teen jobs. So in order to do that, I brainstormed a list of all the activities that students could help me with. And some of the things I came up with were paper passing, trash collecting, pencil sharpening, turning on and off the lights, carrying the lunch basket, and the list kind of went on, right? Because if you start spitballing, is that the right word? <laughs> start spitballing all these ideas, then more tend to come to you, right? So there's tons of things that you probably didn't even realize students could help you with in the classroom. And so once you have that list, I decided to categorize them. So I looked at what kind of would fall together, and I'm kind of a nerd, so it really made my nerd heart happy to kind of take this list and sort it out and categorize it. So I came up with four big categories, paper, supplies, moving, and support. And this became the name of my job crews. So I have a support crew, a paper crew, a supply crew, a moving, moving crew, and it's kind of like a construction crew idea, right? Each crew is responsible for those type of jobs that fall under their category. And just to remind students, when I have this big, well, not big, but it's a paper-sized poster that's laminated on the wall where we hang our badges, and it has the main focus of what that crew should be responsible for. So, for example, the support crew is supporting students in the classroom. They're turning on and off the lights. They're helping with any technology. So they're supporting students. The moving crew is when we're on the move. So when we go in and out the door, they're responsible for holding and closing the door. They're taking the lunch baskets with us to lunch. So anything that involves movement, they're the line leaders, right? Those kind of people are my moving crew. And so I just kind of divided that up and having that printable really helped remind students of the responsibilities. So they also had a little badge similar to the table captain badges. They had a one that said supply crew. So everyone on the same crew had the same color badge that said supply crew and they could reference their poster if they needed to go back through what exactly they were responsible for. And it also helped me train them and tell them how they were going to complete these jobs correctly. So we never want to underestimate the power of being very explicit and giving exact instructions for your expectations when it comes to things like class jobs. Really anything in the classroom you're having students do, you need to be really explicit. And I don't care if they're high school students, you want to make sure we have these discussions with them. Okay, so once we set up what kind of crews that we want and how many we're going to have, it's time to train the students on them. So you really have to be very clear about what expectations you want to have in order for these job crews to run smoothly. Now, when I first started using team jobs, I kind of had to uh, realize that students needed more reminders of what their job was or that they were doing that job. So that's where those little badges came in handy because in the beginning I didn't start with those. So it just was a nice reminder to them like, oh hey, this is what I'm doing today. 
and clipping it on. And it's just that act of like checking in for work almost, right? Where they get to clip on that badge and the badge again matches the poster so they can go back and reference it and reading it. Now the completion of many of the jobs is frequently needed to have the help of other team members. So especially when students are on that crew and maybe they forgot they were on that crew, the other people on the crew can help remind them and say, hey, you're with us too today, remember? So it kind of takes that pressure off of you as a teacher and it gives them that kind of team building feeling, right? So you also need to decide how you're going to rotate these jobs and of course, how many jobs you're gonna need. So I already have all this figured out for you if you're interested in it. It is a paid resource in my TPT store called the Editable Job Crews, uh, or Editable Classroom Jobs, sorry. And I will link that for you in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out more. And now because I like things super simple, I like to have students hold their job for the entire week. So new jobs are assigned Friday afternoon before we dismiss, which lets students get kind of a sneak peek at what's coming up. And it also allows me to be prepared for Monday. So it's kind of a win-win. Students always like to know, and I like to have it changed so I don't forget when the week begins. Because if maybe the week is short or there's a holiday or days off, I'm still following that same system of changing it out for the beginning of the week. So week starts on a Tuesday, that's fine. Classroom jobs start on a Tuesday, it's just a shorter week. And some kids might grumble about only having that job for a few days, but since the list manages to go through half the class, they only have to wait a week before they have a job again. So it's not a long time to wait. Now you do wanna make sure after you decide how to rotate your jobs and how often you're going to do it, maybe tracking who or who has not been assigned a job. Now, because it's like half the class, at least for me anyway, I don't typically track. uh, What I do do is I put their, uh, at least in the past, I kind of changed this process, but I used to have a clothespin with their name on it, and I would clip it to the job board, and the remaining clothespins would go in a little baggie that was stapled on the wall next to them. And you can see these pictures in the blog post that goes with this episode, shareteaching.com forward slash jobs dash four dash students dash in dash the dash classroom. Got a little FCO. So that is linked in the show notes so you don't have to remember all that. So after COVID, I did away with the clothespins. And when we finally returned to the classroom and I felt comfortable using the jobs again, I decided I was just going to write the student names directly onto the chart with a wet erase and marker instead of dry erase so that there wasn't an accidental swipe away of the name. And then I also allowed the job badges to be clipped directly onto the poster. And then it was just really easy to wipe it off and start over again with the next group of kids. So an easy way to do this is to keep a roster and kind of draw a line on the roster of where you stopped with the names and then just start over the next week. So very easy way to keep track. And I do recommend laminating the badges. I do a very thick laminate, which is five mils, in order for it to stand up very well. I used to put them in like a really heavy plastic holder, but then with so many badges hanging off the poster, I felt like the weight of that was just too much. So I just clipped them directly onto the poster. Again, you can look at the pictures that I have that accompany this 
episode if you're interested in seeing what exactly that looks like. As I mentioned earlier, you do want to make sure to take the time to explicitly teach the classroom expectations. So I like to do just a very simple anchor chart, and it goes back to, and I think I've talked about this quite often, but the Daily Five, they just do such a nice job of bringing together how to teach students the expectations and just create a nice anchor chart that talks about what your job is, what your job isn't, and you just kind of go through all of that about what it looks like very specifically to have this classroom job. For example, the moving crew, which are in charge of like the lunch basket, the line leader, we break it down. So one day we might just talk about all the things the moving crew does. The next day we're going to talk about all the things the supply crew does. So the moving crew, when you have the lunch basket, you can only have two people holding the lunch basket. Okay, who are these two people going to be this week? And we make sure that when we get our new jobs, we talk about making sure that we are assigning one of those main duties to each other. Because let's say the moving crew needs two people to carry the lunch basket. It needs a line leader and maybe someone to hold the door. So that's automatically four people right there. So which four people are going to have which job? And they can change it up every day if they want. They're still the moving crew for the week, but that doesn't mean they have to be the lunch basket every single day. They can decide among themselves as a crew, as a team would, to discuss about how they want to do that. And it's okay if it looks different from the other crews. That's fine, as long as they're being responsible and taking care of those jobs that they have. So we make a nice little lunch, lunch basket. We make a nice little anchor chart. So the lunch basket is two people are carrying it. You use walking feet. You make sure you bring it back to the classroom, right? Because a lot of people like to leave it on the playground. So we talk about having to have those things completed in order to have a successful job of taking care of the lunch basket. So I also like to make the students in the class model how to do this. So obviously we're not going to walk all the way to the lunchroom and back, although you could if you're closer, but my classroom was always way in the back of the school and it takes quite a long time to walk all the way up to the cafeteria. So you could just model it like, oh, okay, we're just going to go on the hallway here and pretend this is the, where we're going. What would it look like? How do I carry it? How do I walk with it? And then remember, it gets heavy when it's full of lunches. So we talk about what to do if it's too heavy, what kind of grips can we use? And we just make sure we're super explicit, that everyone knows how to do it, that all the people maybe on that crew are taking those turns. And by the end of the week, you want to make sure that you've gone through all the different crews and you've detailed how to complete each one of those jobs. And then you would start the actual cruise once you've gone through all those expectations. So don't start the cruise until you have the expectations. You figured out how many people you want on each crew. And then deciding on what exactly it's going to look like as far as rotations and how long they're going to keep them. So you want to make sure we go through all those. You can even have those discussions with your class over how they want to divide the jobs throughout the week. Do they want to keep the same job for the whole week? Maybe make sure they kind of figure out how to navigate some of those discussions, right? I was going to say arguments again, but maybe discussions. So rock, paper, scissors is always a good one. Maybe voting, raise your hand, vote. That's always a good one. So show them different ways they can kind of navigate those discussions. And then I also want to make sure to talk about when they're ready to carry out that job, whether it's the first time or the first week. 
we pull them aside, we look at the job poster, and we kind of read the directions. We look at the anchor chart. We make sure we know what we're in charge of. So just making sure we have something that students can reference and go back through. And I really hope you'll give job crews a try. I really like having this team job idea. It cuts down a lot on trying to figure out who has what job, especially when, you know, oh, this group's on this crew, this group's on that crew. I've got four crews going. There's only like maybe 10 kids that don't have a job. It's just, to me, it's so much easier and it's just a little less stress. So I would love to know, do you try team jobs? Are you going to try them? Do you still have any questions I haven't answered? You can always check out my Organizing with Classroom Jobs, which is podcast episode number 26. And I believe I have a little bit more information in that episode. And again, you can check out my editable classroom team jobs for purchase in my TPT store. All those links, including the free organization challenge, are all listed in the show notes. So I hope this was a helpful episode for you, and I will see you next week. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. Podcast.